All right. So in your, you've got kind of a bit of a packet today. You had the home feed. You can set that aside for a moment. But then there's a, a sheet that has Every Nation Vancouver at the top. And this is Discovering Your Spiritual Family. Uh, this is going to be today a little bit more like a lecture than a sermon. I'm going to try to preach it a little bit, but it's going to be more of a lecture. So uh, there's some content that we need to get through today. And uh, I, we thought it was best if we actually gave you some notes that you could look over. Uh, the awkward part of doing this is that for some of you, because of the baptisms in particular, you've never been here before. And uh, your first time here, we're talking about you committing to a thing called a spiritual family. Like, what's that about? And so if you're new here, just smile and look polite. Um, but I think actually it might be helpful for you. Uh, one, to know if you're here for somebody who's getting baptized, what they got themselves into. Uh, but also, just what does it mean to be the church? And what is a church? And so I think that you're going to find this helpful, even though you're not necessarily going to be signing on the dotted line today. So I hope you'll appreciate that. also want to say that uh, you can go on to, uh, to texting the number, and under content, there's always a place where you can hear the podcast, where you can get some DG material, and also where you can have our weekly Bible reading plan that's going to be following this sermon. So you're invited to do all of that. All right, let's jump in. Discovering your spiritual family. Just as God sets us inside a physical family, we are born again into a spiritual family. And the relationships are quite profound when you think about the two. That we are actually born again, adopted into a spiritual family. So while the worldwide church is our extended family, if you consider yourself to be a Christian, we all belong to one extended family, the universal, or believe it or not, it's called the Catholic Church, the universal church. And God places each of us, in, but God places each of us into a local church family where we can personally grow and belong. So uh, if you, you know, we have uh, 10 children, and uh, we've never said to our children, you know, Debbie and I are parents, there's some parents living next door to us, there's a couple more across the street, take your pick. It's all good, and we're all parents, we're all committed to raising children, and so you just can go through and find one, find a family that you would like, probably not ours, and, uh, and you just get to pick one. Does that work? Um, God actually places us into a family. And so while we're part of humanity or we're part of the universal church, God actually sets us into a particular family to grow and to belong. And so uh, people struggle with this, don't they? Uh, I find that people have a deep suspicion of anything that's institutionalized. Uh, right away, it can't be sincere. And so we think of a, of a local church, and we go, oh, I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, I can kind of belong to this metaphysical reality called the family of God. But do I really want to con consider committing myself to a local church body and identifying with that? Isn't that limiting my options? What if there's something weird that goes on there? What's going to happen then? And so we can be suspicious of these things. But just like a, uh, a child needs a physical home, 
Christians need a spiritual home. Or else, really, it's going to be nearly impossible for you to grow up in your faith and to understand what it means for God to be your Heavenly Father. So this time this afternoon is to help you to discover if Every Nation Vancouver is to be your spiritual home, if this is the place that God has called you to belong. So let's look at the importance of community. Proverbs 27, 8 says, Like a bird that wanders from her nest, so is a man who wanders from his home. To wander means to be aimless, to have no purpose, to flee, to be depressed. In fact, you'll see in your notes, wandering is a sign of sin and judgment. Uh, some people think that wandering is just outstanding. You look on Facebook and they just, hey, I'm going nowhere. And it's going to be super fun. And uh, that can be fun, you know, for a minute, uh, especially if you have a bank account that can support it. But for the long run, uh, God actually says, if you don't belong to a place, if you don't understand uh, how to be part of a family, you're under a curse. You're under judgment. Listen to God's curse upon Cain after he killed Abel. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod. Now the word Nod literally means wanderer. Many Christians are cursed with lonely, dry, and fruitless lives when they wander outside of spiritual family. At the root of a wandering heart is selfishness and pride. Uh, Proverbs 18 says, He who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Uh, this is a big deal. If you say, you know what, I don't, uh, I don't need any of that. I'm going to do what I want, when I want. And so uh, what joining a church does is actually reveal to you your heart whether your heart is full of humility or whether it's full of pride. I tell people, uh, I, can, I can tell when you're going to fall away from God, uh, typically before you know that you're going to fall away from God. And here's how it works. You'll stop coming to church regularly, stop attending a community or DG, and then here's what you'll say to me or to your community leader, You'll say, well, I'm just busy these days, and I've got, you know, different priorities, and, and uh, surely God's not going to judge my heart by whether I attend a meeting or not. And uh, it'll all be very honest, and it usually takes anywhere between two to six months, and then you'll be talking to your community leader about how you don't know if God's real and whether you can really trust him or not. Because the... Motivation that you have to separate yourself from a spiritual family isn't so much a comment on your relationship with the church, it's a comment on your relationship with God. And as you begin to distance yourself from God, the first thing to go is you distance yourself from his family. And so it's a big deal. It's a big deal for you to, uh, to work through your relationship with the local church. Because as you're doing that, you're actually working through your heart issues and how to trust and follow your Heavenly Father. 
In contrast to tumbling to tumbleweeds are planted trees. So tumbleweeds, somebody is just a wanderer. Uh, the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will still yield fruit in old age. In contrast to somebody who wanders around is somebody who has the courage and the humility to actually put down roots into a particular place. And as that's true, they will yield fruit in old age. When we are rooted in a local church, we receive the food and the pruning we need to live fruitful, abundant lives. I think that that's absolutely true. The gift that the local church has been to me personally is uh, remarkable. I need to be connected somewhere. I need to belong. I need people to point out in me when uh, I'm not reflecting Jesus, when I'm pulling away. And also to encourage me. I need that. And to the degree that I let myself be rooted in a family is the degree to which I can receive through those roots the nourishment and support that I need to live a fruitful, meaningful life. So being rooted in a local church family helps you, and you can see there uh, in your notes, in a number of ways. First, it helps you find safety. Uh, when you think of the devil, the devil is described as a predator. He is our enemy. And what does a predator do when they want to, I'm sure you've seen a National Geographic documentary on this, but what does a predator want to do? Well, the first thing that they're going to do is try to take someone, uh, an animal, from a flock and separate them out. And as soon as they're set outside of the safety of the flock, they're vulnerable to that predator. Please don't assume that, uh, you know, you just think that the beach is more attractive on a, on a Sunday afternoon than going to a, to a church meeting, or you've got something better to do on a Friday night than to go to community. You just thought that through yourself. Understand that there's actually a spiritual enemy that tempts you to move outside of community, to draw you away, to consume you. The Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, steal you away, kill you, and then destroy you. Shocking, sobering. Local church family helps you find safety. I find safety being part of this community. I need you. It helps us find maturity. There's a saying that we have in our church, that if you stay, you win. If you're able to work through you are, uh, so just to give you a heads up, if you stay, you'll be hurt, okay? So that's the, that's the part that isn't in the notes. But if you stay here, some stuff is going to insult you. Odds are high, I'm going to insult you. Just give me a minute if I haven't already. And uh, somebody's going to say something, or they're not going to phone you, or text you, or you're, they're going to say something stupid. You're going to get hurt. Maturity is the ability to work that through and stay. And if you stay, you do grow up. It's, it's almost guaranteed. I mean, you could stay and be grumpy. And, but typically, if you stay, you win. Because what it means is you've had to work through issues with other people. And it's taught you how to need God and how to work through pain, how to be misunderstood, how to be challenged 
how to care about someone other than myself. All of those things are able to happen to the degree that you're able to stay inside of a spiritual family. I've talked to so many people who, uh, who have remembered this phrase and they wanted to leave. It's just too hard. And they maybe moved out of town or whatever it is. They, you know, and they go, no, if I stay, I win. And you, and you listen to them work that through in their relationship with God. And their maturity grows. It's absolutely remarkable. Um, we've talked about how in, uh, if you have an addiction, that your, uh, the, the age that you started your addiction is your emotional age of maturity. So if you were addicted as a 13-year-old to something, then you can be 40 years old and still act like a 13-year-old. The reason for that is that uh, life has a way of maturing you. As you interact with people and have to work that through, you grow up. But if you keep moving, uh, if you keep going to your addiction, instead of staying engaged and working that through, you stay immature. The same is true if you keep moving around. I hear people give this advice, and there's truth to it, so, so let's hold it in tension. But what I hear people say, if you really want a, a wider experience of God, and if you really want to know who he is, then I, I, I recommend you just, you just visit lots of churches and, and get lots of experiences. If that's your attitude, you'll never mature. You'll never grow up because you never had to, to face working something through with another person. And you stay emotionally immature if you stay you win. Nourishment. People uh, preaching God's word to you, encouraging you to read the Bible yourself, uh, discussing things. I think D groups are, are essential. Reading the Bible together, asking relational questions, not as some formula but as sincerely wanting to know how we're doing in our relationship with God, one another in the world. It's a place to find nourishment. Um, I have a, a mentor. He was my senior pastor for a number of years. And then uh, he moved on. And uh, it wasn't stalking per se, but uh, I would follow him around. If I knew that he was uh, speaking somewhere, I'd just show up there. And uh, he would say, Greg, you've heard these things over and over and over again. What are you doing still showing up? Because he's a, he's a professor, you know. So what are you doing still showing up to my lectures? And, uh, and I would tell him, uh, you know, in 20 years, 30 years into hearing the same things, I would tell him, I think I'm starting to get it. Just say it one more time. And I would hear the word of God. I would hear the truth of God. And it just nourishes my soul. This isn't about being entertained. It's about being nourished. Brought into the presence of God. Wrestling through his word together. Incredibly valuable. Fruitfulness. There's another saying that we have in our church. That fruit only grows on trees. I like that. 
that if we want to be fruitful, we have to be connected. We need to be, of course, first connected to Jesus Christ. But the way that we're connected to him often is through his family. Uh, if, you, if you want to be near the father, you need to be near the kids. Because that's where the father always is. And so if you say, I want this little relationship with Jesus that's all about me and him, and these kids are so annoying, and so I just want them over here, and I just want it to be us, it doesn't work that way. Because the father's always with his kids. And so to be close to the father is to be close to his children. And so as you are close to a spiritual family, you find yourself becoming fruitful. I've really enjoyed this week in uh, Kingdom Life Ministry School. We, we're going to have the graduation next week, which is just going to be great. Lots of fun. But the, um, uh, I've been listening to there that you have to write a paper. Just, it's just a two-page paper, so don't be afraid. But you have to write a paper about what your experience was in, uh, in reaching out to your friends and, and uh, sharing the love of God. And it's been so great listening to people's stories he says, I, I've always been intimidated. I've always been afraid. God's always felt distant. And to hear them in the context of community be inspired to love others, be inspired to press, press in to the word of God, just so fun to read. So as you uh, connect, you'll find yourself being fruitful in your relationship with God and others. Intimacy with God. We've already said that he's always with his kids. To be intimate with God is to be intimate with his family. Community. There is a, uh, there's another saying, it's not in your notes, but that it, uh, uh, people come to church for many different reasons, but they stay for only one relationship. Uh, people study these things. And they say that in order for you to stay in a church, uh, I don't want to, I just realized some of you are going to do the math and be out of here. But anyways, uh, for, for some of you, you know, anyway, for to stay in a church, you need to have uh, six meaningful relationships, friendships, to stay in the church. So again, it's going to go, oh, sick. I got I to gotta go. I got to find a better place. But, uh, but do you understand the point? The point is, is that a church can have great worship, it can have great preaching, um, be uh, an enjoyable experience. But if you don't have meaningful friendships, you'll leave. You'll leave. So you can consider that your ticket out, or you can say, I've got some work to do to build some friendships so that this can be a meaningful community for me. But it really is a place that we find community. It's a place that we find calling. Another one of these sayings that we have. When you find your people, you find your purpose. I just love this. I love this so much. Uh, think of a morbid thought only for a moment. If you, uh, if you take out your eye, and you know, but anyways, it's gross. But anyways, you take out your eye and you, you pluck it out, put it over here. Is it still... Is it still an eye? That's a metaphysical question, isn't it? Um, 
it's a, it has the potential to be an eye, but it's not fully functioning as an eye until it's put in the context of the body. What if the reason why you and I would feel uh, useless, not feel like we have much purpose in our life, is because we're actually disconnected from the family of God. And we're trying to create our own identity and be our own person. But the best place to find out who you are is to live in the context of a community. I, uh, I remember when I was in... Uh, I was in high school, and I'd just become a Christian and was in a, uh, in a youth group. And I remember them saying to me, uh, I got a bunch of youth group friends, and uh, they would say to me, I would just ask questions or say stuff I was thinking about during the discussion time. And my friends would come up to me and say, you know, when you talk, it makes more sense than when the leader talks. And when you ask questions, they're the exact same questions that I'm thinking about, but I didn't know how to say them. And they say, I think, I think you might be a teacher. Now, I don't know who I am unless you tell me. I don't know who I am. I need you to tell me who I am. I don't go inside of my head and go, that was profound. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, that's just so egotistical, I start to say out loud, but... How could I think of that? That was incredible. Like, that's just weird. <clears throat> but when I'm with you, first of all, it's not weird. And secondly, I get better defined. What if the way that you discovered who you are, who Jesus has made you to be, what if the way that you would discover that is by coming closer, not by pulling farther away? And saying, man, I don't know who I am. I got to get out of here. I got to go on a trip. I got to go find myself. Good luck with that. And finally, purpose. A community with a cause. The most difficult thing uh, in church is we have, well, we have a whole relational agenda, but we have two competing agendas. Super hard to maintain. Uh, agenda number one is that you would feel loved and accepted just the way you are. Agenda number two is that you wouldn't stay that way. Agenda number one, if you've been in our church, it's all about security. Being loved, accepted, forgiven, received. Just as a young child, there's no performance there. And we want to grow you up and see you have a meaningful purpose in your life. And contribute. Not just receive, but also give. Uh, again, they, they always study these things, you know. And so, uh, in a typical church, you have 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. And the other 80% who aren't doing much, you know what they typically say? I don't feel like I belong here. I don't know what I'm doing here. I could listen to a podcast. What do I need to come here for? The answer to that is to fill out the second half of what you need. To give. To love. Not just be loved, although totally into that, but also to give love. 
to, to, to carry weight. Uh, I can promise you, I never feel meaningless here. Sometimes I'd like to feel less, you know, meaningful. But I never go, well, it's going to be a waste of time today. I have never thought that coming to this church. I'm in because I'm serving you. Uh, Debbie and I, when we, when we plan our holidays, we try to make sure that we're back on Sundays. I don't want to miss being with you. You're my family. I don't need a break from you. I don't need a break from you. This isn't tiring for me. This is family. And to the degree that you give your heart here and find purpose here is the degree to which you will feel like you belong and this is your home. So those are some of the benefits. What, uh, what does it mean to join a spiritual family? We're in your notes. A church member... Such an awkward thing. Sounds like a gym membership. We should all give you things to go in your runners or whatever. They, uh... But a, uh, a church member is someone who has a long-term practical investment in our people and purpose. I like that. Worked in it for a long time. While we welcome everyone, a member has agreed to walk together. If you are a visitor here, you are 100% welcome. You don't ever have to join, never. And it would be our privilege to serve you, to care for you, to do whatever we can to help you find Jesus and to experience friendship. It would be our joy. But a member signs up. A member joins. A member says, these are my people, and their purpose is my purpose. A member is in, not just because they pay a monthly due, but because their hearts have connected here. And my people are your people. What you're going to do, I'm going to do. It's powerful. And it is so antithetical to this society. Uh, one of the jokes, uh, I don't know if it's, it, it's not a ha-ha joke, but one of the, the jokes about millennials is if you invite a millennial to something, they'll never say yes until the last moment. Because you could have a cooler thing that might just happen. And then I said yes to you, but this is way cooler. And so now that's awkward. I'm going to have to lie or something to go to the cooler thing. And uh, uh, that's sad. I don't... Uh, I don't think if I'm going to spend time with Debbie, I don't say, is it going to be fun? Because I'm only going to go on a date with you if it's fun. If it's not fun, I'm, I don't really want to go. I can make it fun. Okay, she can make it fun. That's true. Anybody. Like, isn't that weird? Uh, who's preaching this week? Are they any good? Because I'm not going to go if it's not good. I have standards. <laughs> you see, if it's family, you just never think like that. It just doesn't enter your head. Are they any good? No, are you any good? <laughs> I'm only going to be your dad if you're good. 
If you're not any good, I'm out of here. I'm going to find some. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think that way if this is family. So uh, look at your notes, and you can see a little, uh, a little box, and uh, we'll give you a cooler thing. It's going to be super cool. Jonathan's been working on it, uh, of, a, of a covenant that you'll get, and I'll, I'll sign it and everything. You might even put holy water on it or something. We'll see. But it says, Every Nation Church Vancouver Family Covenant. That's a long mouthful. But here, this is what it would mean to say yes to this family. It says, as an expression of following the Lord Jesus, I join my local church family by committing to. So the first point here is because I'm a Christian, because I'm a Christ follower, because I love Jesus, I'm going to now connect to his family. It's first about God. It's not about this. It's first about him. And so what does that look like? We commit to our purpose, our principal beliefs, and our discipleship path. We commit to our purpose, uh, to multiply disciples who love God, one another, and the world. Pastor Matt, did I say that right? (laughs) Good. Nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, uh, that is not a slogan. That's not a slogan. I devoted the rest of my life to that sentence. To see disciples who make disciples who make disciples who genuinely love God in their heart, who know him, who have connected to family and love their spouses and children and brothers and sisters, and to love the world, to care about something beyond what naturally feeds and blesses them, but to love those on the outside looking in. So I commit to that purpose. I commit to the principal beliefs. If you flip over the page, I'm, I'm going to distract some of you, so just come back in a minute. But you'll see at the bottom it says our principal Bible beliefs. We have uh, some principal beliefs that kind of shape who we are as a church community. We have a, a more generic statement that is what all evangelical Bible-believing churches believe, and this is, our, this is our way of being biblical. If you go to an Anglican church or a Baptist church, or they'll have a, a unique flavor. It's their way of trying to express the Bible. It's not in addition to the Bible. It's trying to express the Bible, and if you look through that uh, afterwards, you can see what our beliefs are in this community, and we summarize it as relational theology. That God is relationship within himself. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in one God. And we reflect him. And so our beliefs are about grabbing hold of that. And then our discipleship path. We talk in our church about community and D groups. Sunday services. Uh, When we do something, again, our family, we just show up. Because that's what the family's doing. Uh, there's a, a, another saying that isn't in your notes, but a, uh, it says that a, uh, uh, if a train is off its tracks, it's free. It just can't go anywhere. 
And uh, I think about a train resenting the tracks, going, look at this. Miles and miles of space, and I'm on these two stupid rails. This is so limiting me. There's a world to explore, and I have to, I have to follow these tracks. I hate this. And uh, that's how you get anywhere, is by following those tracks. And so those tracks are our discipleship path. We don't think it's the best way or the only way. None of that is true. It's just our way. So uh, in our family, if you want to be part of our family, you're going to probably go for a walk in the forest. I remember one time we went out for a walk with another family who don't like walks in the forest. And they went, this is dumb. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that's what our family does. We have dinner together. We spend time together vacationing. We have, we call them, uh, we have family meetings. Doesn't that sound fun? And we just hang out together as a family. Uh, It's what we do. And to be part of the family is that's what you do. And then you can complain about that. It's no problem. And then we'll try to do a better job. But for now, this is what we do. And if you're part of this church, you would go to community. You would go to a D group. And you go, I don't have one. Uh, that fits me, great. That uh, Pastor Matt's going to help you out. He's going to figure something out. But don't not just stop trying. It's family. So we, we uh, commit to a purpose, principle, beliefs, and discipleship path, and finally to people. We, co- we commit to a, this community by promoting unity. Now, what unity does not mean is that you uh, can't ever disagree, that would be ridiculous. That's called an unhealthy family. So unity means that you, have, you can have lots of problems with the church. I do. I'm not looking at how I just... No, I was going to make a joke that you were a problem. But anyways, that was going to be too rude. But uh, we can have lots of problems. It's, 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 that's no problem. Um, but we still promote, we still walk together, even in the tension of having difficulties. Uh, We don't gossip. There's a great uh, saying that says, if you have a problem, question up. So if you have a problem, don't talk to somebody about how messed up so-and-so is. Go to your D group leader. Go to your community leader. Question up. And that usually keeps you safe from uh, being divisive and from gossiping. But if you just talk amongst yourselves, often doesn't go well. So you'll promote unity. You'll serve with your time, treasures, and talents. You'll serve with your time. Again, we've said what a benefit that is to you as much as it is to anybody else because you understand your identity. You have meaning and purpose. Uh, You serve with your treasures. Uh, If you count ENV to be your church home, uh, you will be expected to tithe, to give a minimum of 10% of your income, a minimum. That's your privilege. It's what I do for my family. I give them all my money. It's my privilege to do that. Here, you're only being asked by God for 10%. Uh, Those of you who have been in the church for a while, you know that where 
uh, the Bible says that where, I think it's, oh, I can't remember now. I just lost it. I think it's Luke 4. But where your treasure is, there is where your heart is. And so if you want to join, give your money here. Um, uh, all the money that's received goes to supporting the ministry and the ministers of this church. And uh, my wage comes from your tithe. It's always a little awkward. And uh, for years, I hated that. I just hated it. Because I've been committed to serving people freely. I just, I, I, other pastors want to know this. I don't want to know what you tithe. It, I don't want to know that. Because I want any moment that I have with you to not have that in the back of my head. I just want to be here for your benefit. And that's all that's going on in this moment. But uh, I am freed up to love and serve people, as is the rest of the staff, by your contribution. And it's invaluable. And I, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not grateful for that. But part of this, being part of this family, is to give financially. And finally, it's to, uh, it's to give your talents to... Uh, Whatever unique abilities you have, you look at the worship team, uh, working with kids, you're encouraged to give of your talents. And the last thing here that is probably maybe the most awkward of all is to respect your leaders. I, I have a footnote there that talks about what that respect means. It does not mean blind trust. It's only following your leaders as they follow Christ. So there's lots of caveats and qualifications, but it does mean um, submitting yourself to a community of leaders, to a leadership team, the elders of our church, and that's really hard for people, and I get that. Uh, I was just in Montreal last weekend. This is what I'll close with. I was just in Montreal last weekend, and they, um, their pastor is on a medical leave, and so we were talking about how, uh, so they're a little bit worried. They're worried about their church community. They're worried about um, uh, the pastor. And, and so uh, I told them what I'll now tell you, just in case you're wondering, is I was uh, appointed by an extra local team to become the senior pastor of this church. I'm the founding pastor, but I was actually appointed by someone else for this job. They looked at me, they prayed, I was extensively interviewed, and they says, we believe that God has called you to be the senior pastor of this church. Now, the, the reason why I'm telling you this is so that you can feel safe. Because if I go weird, uh, there's an appeal process that's above me that keeps us all safe. And I really like that. I was part of an independent church for 17 years before we started this church. And there was, no, there was nothing above the people in the room. And I love the fact that we're part of every nation and that if, if I go weird or if some of you do some weird stuff, we have a place to go to get help and support and oversight. It's a, it's a quality control mechanism to make sure that this stays healthy. 
So, in closing, the question you must ask yourself is, do I want to be a tumbleweed or a tree? Will you give up being a self-defined person blown about by your personal feelings and opinions? Will you put down roots and receive the life of God through the ministry of his church? Will you commit to the purpose and the people of a local church? God presents to you a promise and a warning. God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. Only the rebellious dwell in a parched land. God provides a wonderful home and blessed future for those who humble themselves and join his family. A goal casually set and lightly taken is freely abandoned at the first obstacle. So prayerfully read through the membership covenant and application checklist, which is uh, right below. No, sorry, it's online. Uh, and to apply, we refer to the... So what here would I like you to do? Pull this out. You'll see a membership form. Can you all look at that? So here's what I'd like you to do. Don't fill this out. Go online uh, and uh, text the number, and you'll see this form online, and you will help our administrative staff. You will save them a lot of hours by, by filling that out online. However, if you are not, if you're, you know, technically challenged that way, we have this as a backup. And so if you aren't able to go online, then you can fill this out, and it would be our joy to receive this from you. You just drop it in the offering box, and we'll process it for you. But you can see that there's three questions on there. I'm already a member of this church community. I want to become a member of this church community. And I'm interested in learning more about this church community. If one of those three applies to you, then please tick the correct box, fill this out. And uh, can I just say, it would be a privilege to be family with you. It would be a privilege. And uh, I'm not going to do this well, and you might not either. But let's figure out what it means to walk together in covenant that we can reflect a loving God who's able to keep a group of people together in his love. And John 17 says that that's the most profound demonstration of the power of God and that Jesus is real if we can figure out how to do this together. So uh, we're going to take a moment, and if the worship team can come up, you can start clicking online, or you can fill this out, and I'm going to pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be adopted into family. I think of a world that's wandering and sometimes even proud of it. I thank you that you set us free from the curse of wandering and you give us a home. And Father, for those here who sense you saying to them that ENV is to be their home. Oh, Father, bless them for their humility and let this be a safe and fulfilling place for them. And if it's not, Father, then I pray that each one here would find a church family to call home. But please, don't let us be rebellious. Don't let us be proud. Work in our hearts that we can join something for the love of God and the spreading of your kingdom. Amen.